This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. Keep in step with the Spirit. I'm going to be referring to that often this morning. I am really glad that there's so many faces in here and a lot of new faces too. A lot of people that uh, have just started coming recently and this is exciting. This is, this is life changing. I enjoy this. And seeing this room grow, the people in this room just spread the message to more people and more lives get impacted. That is a huge thing to see. Makes me happy and I'm sure that it pleases God. So I definitely wanted to... Uh, Greet our visitors and our members. Thanks also for the prayers that uh, you folks have put in for me as I prepared this. Uh, I got lots of texts and that made me feel really good. Felt kind of like the pitcher who's, who's batting ninth and all the guys that are up front are like, you can do it, you can do it. You know. Keeping in step with the Spirit. I get to start off with an oddly unrelated story. Bear with me. So we're trying to move a mobile home onto a piece of property. It's been a while. It's been an ordeal. This mobile home has not moved. And we're wondering over time, why can't we get this thing accomplished? It was prayer. There was prayer. There's a lot of prayer. There was a lot of input and wisdom. Oh, yeah, you guys can get that moved easy. It's still not moved. And I started thinking, God, is this supposed to happen? What, what are we doing wrong here? We, we, you know, we had some criteria. Well, this will bless my mother-in-law. This will bless us. This will relieve some friction. This will give us some space. We can be hospitable with our space differently if she's got her own place. This won't hinder her, etc., etc., etc. Our list of what we were praying about, what we were praying for. But for some reason, the short answer has been no. No. Or maybe not yet. I'm going to foreshadow that just a little bit, so hang on to that one. We're going to go to read Acts 16, 1 through 10. And we'll start off by seeing how the apostles dealt with a no, or maybe a not yet. Acts 16, 1 through 10, the Macedonian vision. Let's get there. Uh, there's going to be a lot of scripture today, so if you have a pen or pencil, go ahead and write that down or get the, uh, the podcast. Paul came also to Derby and to Lystra. And a disciple was there, named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. And he was well spoken of by the brethren who were in Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted this man to go with him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those parts, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. Now while they were passing through these cities, they were delivering the decrees which had been decided upon by the apostles and elders who were at Jerusalem for them to observe. 
So the churches were being strengthened in the faith and were increasing in number daily. They passed through Phrygian and the Galatian region, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And after they came to Mysia, and they were trying to go into Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. And passing down by Mysia, they came down to Troas. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there and appealing to him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Just hear me out. I am not attempting to say that our current difficulty with moving a mobile home is equal to what the early church struggled with, with direction. And I'm also not saying that we get our direction from dreams these days. Not, not saying that. This is just recorded that Paul and his pals got a no from Jesus and the Spirit. That's two or three of the Godhead, and they're pretty unified. So that was probably a big negative. I don't know why that was. The, the Great Commission was to go into the whole world, teach the gospel to everyone. But for some reason, there were some no's. And there probably was a good reason. We don't know what that reason was this side of eternity. What was their criteria? They were going to bless the church. They were going to bless the sending church. Uh, they were going to grow the body. They were going to relieve some friction. Hey, here's the, the teaching that you need to follow. Stop teaching this or stop following what these other people are teaching you because they're, they don't have it on straight. Be hospitable to newcomers. Make more room for them in the body. And the answer was no. So they were told somehow keep in step with the Spirit. The Spirit was actively going someplace, and it wasn't to Bithynia, and it wasn't to the other place that I can't remember how to pronounce right now. Keep in step with the Spirit. The Spirit is actively going someplace in our lives, in your life, in my life, and I see it, and when I don't do what the Spirit wants, I struggle. We'll move on. This example that uh, I had, my little analogy, that fails in a few areas. But the challenge that I've run up against is how do I personally keep in step with the Spirit? What is God asking me to do through the Bible, through his word, in order to please him? Because that's our ambition, is make it our goal to please him. If we're not doing that, who else are we pleasing? There's only one other person for each one of us. So I tried to look at what does this actually mean? Keep in step with the Spirit. We can't see him. He's not like my dad or my grandpa who'd say, son or grandson, come for a walk. And there I was with my little legs trying to keep up with these guys that were giants. How could I, how could I keep up with them? I knew where they were going, sort of. You know, I could hear their voice. Let's take a look at Genesis 5, 21 through 24. By the way, I, I gave this lesson to some in my family earlier. I, I need an editor, 
and uh, my family did some, some pretty good things throwing in here. Uh, probably would have been better if I had a PowerPoint, but hey, the early apostles didn't have a PowerPoint, so let's, let's do it the way they would have done it. Genesis 5, 21 through 24. This guy named Enoch is going to be introduced to us. Enoch lived 65 years and became the father of Methuselah. Now, I'm really grateful that I was in my mid-40s when, when Galen and I had Jonathan. You know, I can't imagine having a baby at uh, 65. Verse 22, then Enoch walked with God 300 years after he became a father, the father of Methuselah, and he had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. That's a rare occurrence in the Bible. This guy kept so close to God, kept in step so closely, that God said, you don't even have to pass through death. We're just taking you home. If you would like that, who raise your hand. I would like to live so close to God that he just says, come on in. We're going to skip whatever pain. As a matter of fact, they won't even have to bury you. That'd be kind of cool. Enoch is actually mentioned in five books of the Bible. Did you know that? I didn't know that when I started this. Five. Genesis, Chronicles. I had them written down. There's even extra biblical stories about him. We're not going to consider that canonical. canonical. Uh, but this man walked with God, kept so in step with God that he pleased God and God took him home without passing through death. I am amazed by that. That's, that's something I would want. We're going to take a look at Noah, Genesis 6, 5 through 9. This is just like a page over in my Bible. Genesis 6, 5 through 9. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. The Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, from man to animals, from creeping things to birds of the sky, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. These are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time. Noah walked with God. Person number two, walked with God. He kept in step with the Spirit for a long time, in spite of the fact that hardly anybody around him, actually everybody else except for his own family and their, his sons and their wives, didn't walk in step with the Spirit. His relatives, famous people that we read about in this, did not keep in step with the Spirit and perished in the flood. That's a rough way to go. Noah is person number two that it's actually mentioned about that he walked with God, kept in step with the Spirit. Let's look at number three, Malachi chapter two, one through seven. That's at the very end of the Old Testament. And uh, I definitely want to get there and be able to read this. Malachi two, one through seven. 
And now this commandment is for you, O priests. If you do not listen, and if you do not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send this curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. And indeed, I have cursed them already, because you are not taking it to heart. Behold, I am going to rebuke your offspring, and I will spread refuse on your faces, the refuse of your feasts, and you will be taken away with it. Then you will know that I have sent this commandment to you, that my covenant may continue with Levi, says the Lord of hosts. My covenant with him was one of life and peace. And I gave them to him as an object of reverence, so that he revered me and stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in his mouth, and unrighteousness was not found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness, and he turned many back from iniquity. Levi, third man in the Bible, said, walked with God, kept in step with the Spirit. Now, what is something that these three, actually two of these three, have in common? They still had sin in their lives. Noah had an issue after he got off the boat. And it caused some struggle in his family. It caused an entire group to just go down a a wrong path. And Levi, if you remember him, he was one of the 12 sons of Israel. Anybody familiar with that story? I'll try to remind us. Hey, look off in the distance. Here comes the dreamer. Why don't we beat him up and we'll throw him in this pit? Better than killing him. How would you like to have a brother like that? But this guy is mentioned in the Bible as he walked with God, he kept in step with the Spirit. It didn't mean he did it perfectly. Okay. There are a lot more of Old Testament examples that we could go through, and I, I needed my editors to say, hey, cut that one out, cut that one out. But I'll just mention some names. Abraham, David, Nehemiah, Isaiah, there are probably a hundred more names that you could come up with of good, good examples that we could follow in the Bible who were flawed. They had their sins. They needed God to cover their sins regularly. For the sake of time, I think I'll cut out some of these. Let's go on to the New Testament now. Because we get to see some actual examples of people who really did walk with Jesus physically for, for years. I mean, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and even part of Acts record daily, weekly, monthly, yearly interactions with Jesus. It's pretty cool. And those guys were certainly not sinless. They walked with him physically and spiritually in both good ways and not so good ways. 
Jesus spoke about his actions often, and he said, hey, what you see me doing, I'm not doing this on my own. I'm doing this because God the Father told me to. I'm only doing what I see Dad do. That's pretty powerful. He was following his Father. He was keeping in step with the Spirit. He was God in the flesh, but he was definitely keeping in step with the Spirit. As I struggled with what I was going to unpack here, I realized this is like an entire sermon series, and I'm not going to do that to you. So if you can turn to John 14, we're going to read a long passage there about Jesus. Begins John 14, 1 through 31. This is uh, almost at the end of his life. This is the night before he's betrayed. He's having this long discourse. John 14, 1 through 31. This is Jesus himself telling us how to keep in step with the Spirit. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. This is great. Listen to this question. Thomas says to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? He's he's asking for the answer to that question. How does he do this? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. This one hits a little bit more personally close to home because this guy's name is Philip. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and that's enough for us. Just give us a glimpse of God the Father. God Almighty, just a glimpse. We'll be good. Jesus' response, Have I been so long with you and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? So we we need to get into this book daily, weekly, monthly, yearly to see what Jesus does and what he commands us to do, and then we keep in step with the Spirit. But I want to put some more practicals on that because I need that. I, I don't want spiritual high and lofty. I need how do I do that with a mobile home for this lady that's related to my wife? How do I make that happen? How does that work without some words being exchanged or some anger or resentment? How does that practically flesh itself out? I was actively trying not to insert myself into this because this is more about God. This is kind of where I I live. This is kind of my my wheelhouse. This is the the day-to-day. I wake up, there's mother-in-law. Go to sleep, there's mother-in-law. 
How are we going to bless her? How are we going to help? How are we going to... impact her life so much that she says, how do I do this? I stopped in the middle of my verses here. Jesus continued, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I don't speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his work. Believe me that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe of the works themselves. I haven't seen a miracle. The only thing I can do is go to this book and read how these miracles happen. And I can choose, gee, does that sound plausible? I mean, how could somebody really walk on water? Well, if they were God and they created the whole thing, they could sure walk on water. If they created stars and gravity, walking on water is, is like piece of cake for for him. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. Whatever you do in my name, that will I do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I want to pause there for just a second. Um, Because this is not about keeping 613 laws just to be made right with God. So I was struggling with how do I I share the practicals of that way back in Deuteronomy. It's a book we hardly ever turn to. Deuteronomy 29. This is cool. Uh, I didn't find this out until this week. I had never seen this before. This may be old hat for some of you. Jeremiah 29. This is a kind of a, a second giving of the covenant in Moab. This is when like a million and a half Israelites had left Egypt and they'd been wandering through the desert And then they get to this place called Moab, and God had already given them the law at Sinai, and they get to Moab, and he kind of gives them part two. So here it is. Moses is almost uh, ready to die, and these things are going to be given to uh, these, the the governing of these Israelites is going to be given to Joshua. And here is the second part of this covenant. And I'm going to start in verse 10. You stand today, all of you, before the Lord your God, your chiefs, your tribes, your elders, and your officers, even all the men of Israel, your little ones, your wives, and the alien who is within your camps, from the lowest one who chops your wood to the one who draws your water. This included servants and non-Israelites, non-Jews, non-Hebrews. That you may enter into the covenant with the Lord your God and into his oath, which the Lord your God is making with you today, in order that he may establish you today as his people, that he may be your God just just as he spoke to you and as he swore to your fathers, 
to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Now, verse 14, this is the key. Not with you alone am I making this covenant and this oath, but both with those who stand here today, approximately 4,000 years ago, give or take, maybe 3,000 years ago, those who stand with them today in the presence of the Lord our God and with those who are not with us here today. That's for future generations. That's for us. We're not standing there at Sinai or at, uh, in Moab having God share his covenant with us. From the least to the greatest, from the non Jew to the most Jewish, if they believe in Jesus, they're part of that covenant. Back to John. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Verse 15 of chapter 14. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. You will live also. In that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and I will disclose myself to him. Jesus speaks more about the the companion, the helper, moving down to Verse 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Verse 31. But so that the world may know that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father commanded me. Get up, let's go on from here. That's Jesus the last night of his life, just before he was crucified. He was saying, God's going to send the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, to you to help you get through this life to walk closer to God. So... We're going to take a look at two more passages. The first one's really, really short. 1 Peter 1.1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Peter was probably killed 
in between 60 and 65 AD, I think. So sometime between 33 AD, give or take, and 65 AD was when Paul's missionary journeys took place and when the first letter of Peter to these scattered Christians was written. So they made it to Bithynia because there were Christians there, even though some 20 years earlier, the answer was no. I am hoping that in my analogy, it will not take 20 years. <laughs> that would not be doable. That would be a stretch. So I'm, I'm really praying that this thing wraps up quicker. It is good to see that there was a reason, and I don't know what the reason was, but eventually God said, okay, the floodgates are open, now go. Get to Bithynia, because there's people there. They're there, there's some things moved out of the way, these people are ready for the gospel, go get them. Galatians 5, 14 through 25. I think this will be our last passage. So, this, this is probably, if you, if you heard nothing else this morning, this is the one. Galatians 5, 14 through 21. Remember that law that we talked about that Deuteronomy stated? Hey, if you keep this law, if you do all this stuff, if you remember what God said to you on this day when your relatives were standing there, you weren't there, you weren't even born yet, but now you're here in part of the body. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you were led by the Spirit, you were not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I will not ask for a show of hands of the people who participated in those We just know that there's a God who's powerful enough to cleanse and put us on the right path if we follow him to make that stuff go away. Consequences may still be there, but the guilt and the shame go away. And this gives us hope because guess what we were involved in? And guess who the people outside those doors, what, what the people outside those doors were involved in? Same stuff. Hasn't changed much. And then the clincher, these are the things that you know if you're keeping in step with the Spirit, if you have these things in your life. If you don't, you can ask God, and you can start reading about these or 
saying, God, please put these things in my life so that I can keep in better step with you. But the fruit of the Spirit, notice this is singular, the fruit of the Spirit. It's singular. All these other evil things were, were plural. This one is singular. The fruit, the way you know, is by your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your goodness, your faithfulness, your gentleness, your, self-con- your self-control, Who's going to make a law against that? There may be some wicked people who try, but which, which type of people do you want to be around? Which type of people do I want to be around? I think that's second list. Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with, with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. That was the, the key for me in this lesson. The how to get in touch with the Holy Spirit of God. Crucifying the flesh with its passions and desires. And uh, how, to, how to do this daily. It's not mysticism. It's not self-help. It's not... I'm just going to go through the motions. And it, it's something I struggle with. Man, I, I want to be more of that second list. I'd like my kids to see more of that second list in me. Please don't answer <laughs> out loud. I could ask them for a show of hands, hey, which, which one of these lists have you seen more in your dad? And I wish I had time to go over Joab. Dwayne did a really good job about some of the characters in the Old Testament and how they interacted with with each other. Actually, I might share this this one little story and then we'll wrap up and go for the invitation. So Joab was King David's right hand man in the army. This is Old Testament. It's real, real brief. And uh, King David, he was kind of sitting around for a while. And he's king. He can do what he wants. But he was, he was sitting. The army said, we will never have you go out and fight another battle with us because we're scared. And we don't want you to get hurt. And we don't want Israel's light extinguished because you're the guy we're following. And then David, while he's sitting in his house, says, I think I need to number the number of people that are in my army. I think I need to know how strong we are. Joab, go out and take a count. And Joab says to King David, do not do this. May the Lord your God increase your number 10 times or 100 times, but don't do this. It's one of the good things Joab did. King David did not listen. He went out and numbered his army, 
and God was very displeased. As a matter of fact, it displeased him so much, he sent the prophet Gad to David and said, you've got three choices. Years of famine, months before your enemies fleeing, or three days before the Lord, which do you want? I don't know if I would have been wise enough to decide between those three, but King David said, he was a man after God's own heart, so he said this, don't let me, don't let me run before my enemies, but let me find mercy before God. And then God actually did a pretty enormous thing, and a lot of people lost their lives because of that sin, that misplaced who I put my strength in. So, in all of this, if you've had moments of following God, and then you've fallen flat on your face, get up. Keep, keep going. The, the roughest thing to do would be stay on the ground. Just quit, give up. Don't give up. Keep following God. Get around people that want to follow God. Get some good examples in your life so that you know how to, or are learning how to do that better. That's what this group of people is for. We get our rough edges knocked off. We get kind of some Band-Aids applied every now and then and Hey, get up. Did you skin your knees that time? Get up. Keep going. Keep in step with the Spirit because the Spirit's going somewhere and we need to follow if we're going to stay with what God wants us to do. Now, he may tell us, don't go into this region. I don't know what that's going to look like. He may say that mobile home can't be moved yet. Just keep going. I hope that that was practical, and I hope that actually you'll be able to take some of these verses home, read them, and say, did it really say that? I could use that editor. I could use that person who comes back and says, hey, you missed this. Use those rough edges knocked off. If you have been struggling, now is the time that you can come and ask for prayers. If you want to be baptized, because we see that in Scripture as the way one gets into Jesus' body. It's part of that, part of that way you make him Lord of your life. I want to do what you want. We keep in step with the Spirit. We don't make it up as we go. You guys have been really encouraging today. I am very grateful. If you could, uh, just come down to the front if you need prayers or if you want to make Jesus Lord of your life in baptism. And uh, yeah, we'll stand and sing. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.